Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is The Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, 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 and if you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Today's buzz, we have a couple of buzzwords. One is cloud, one is innovation. We're going to put them together and talk about it. So let's get started. The cloud, it's not just IT on demand, which may be the popular train of thought. It's really innovation on demand. Why? Well, cloud technologies offer a platform that is, I think, perfectly made for experimentation, creativity, rapid deployment. And if that isn't enough for you, it also gives you the flexibility to link your past and your newer technology investments to create new processes. Who wouldn't want to optimize all of their investments? But here's the bottom line. Cloud technologies can help your business leaders become more nimble. Why? What is so important about that? So they can drive better, faster outcomes, and here's the kicker, enhance customer relationships. Wouldn't your organization benefit from all of this? I certainly think the answer is yes. We have a panel of three experts on this topic who will help us figure this all out and help you understand it better and give you some great ideas and inspiration. So let's get started. My first guest today is Laurent Lachal. He's a senior analyst in infrastructure solutions at Ovum. Our friends at Ovum are frequent guests here on SAP Game Changers Radio. And here's the quote that Laurent sent me. He says, enterprises need to control control. Yes, that's right. Enterprises need to control control to balance governance and innovation. Powerful words. Laurent Lachal, welcome. How are you today? I'm quite fine. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. So, so tell me about this quote. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Well, um, uh, cloud computing in the form of public cloud services took off um, to a large extent outside of the control of IT. And now, through um, for a lot of very good reasons, security, governance, um, cost control, um, IT, and part of the business wants to uh, regain control of that um, shadow IT, and that's perfectly um, the right thing to do. However, in regaining control, what um, IT as well as uh, some part of the business side of the company shouldn't lose is that in the first place, uh, the innovation that was created by the use of these new uh, cloud services need to be understood and leveraged rather than simply swept away uh, because there is a need for more control. So there's a need for more control, absolutely, as well as respect for the new form of um, project of IT, that new uh, cloud services, and this can also be private cloud services, that cloud services bring to the table. Thank you, Laurent. Good opening to our topic. Let's bring on our second panelist. It's Shad Adair. He's a managing partner at Hula Partners. I want to dance with them. And here's the quote. Cloud computing is upending the business and technology relationship from centralized and difficult to deploy 
to radically decentralized with expectations of instant access. And then Shad adds, the big so what? Welcome, Shad Adair. How are you? I'm great, Bonnie. Thanks for having me today. Delighted to have you on board. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, the, so the big so what, uh, you know, that's, um, it's, a, it's depending on the person or the entity, the perspective can be quite different, right? So as an individual micro business or as a small business or as, as an enterprise, you know, a, a entity, I think this perspective can be very different. But in, in a nutshell, I think what we're talking about is we're leveling the playing field, the competition. We're giving folks across the spectrum access to really similar types of technology. And, and as I was thinking about the topic today, I started sketching out my thoughts a bit, and there were these four key themes that kept popping up to me. And as I was reading the Wall Street Journal this week, it's funny, all these articles kept kind of falling into one of these four big buckets. Uh, those four mm-hmm. themes, for me at least, were, were number one, it was kind of the changing dynamics and the nature of competition, that first point I made. It's mm-hmm. so much easier to, to be able to access technology, uh, identify an opportunity, start, launch a business than it was years ago. Um, and, and there's a lot of applications out there that allow us to experiment and play and toy with ideas before we invest a lot of capital in them. So I think, number one, it's changing the dynamics of the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Second, I think we're seeing that some of these technologies are allowing companies to upend markets as a whole. We, we see some really interesting things going on out in hospitality and in transportation with companies like Airbnb and Uber, just really changing the business models of certain industries. And that's certainly true in high-tech and, and software. Um, I think number three, we're seeing some a new era of invention coming in. So a lot of these applications we're seeing developed and, and, and how they're being used in businesses are driving the need for new devices and a lot of sensor type of technologies. We hear a lot of talk about drones and this sort of technology. And essentially, these things are doing a couple things. They're connecting, um, they're capturing, they're informing and alerting, and they're giving us promise to really change the quality of life. And I think the fourth, the fourth theme that I'm seeing, uh, Bonnie, is kind of what mm-hmm. Laurent was talking about. It's really a desire to understand the challenges that these, these changes are bringing. I think we're also in the, the middle of a cultural shift, uh, also maybe a little bit of a generational shift. And so we're struggling with challenges like how do we support this tech coming into the workplace if we don't have control and governance? How do we best protect our, co- our company's IP and what are the commercial risks of allowing technology in the door? And, and speaking of quotes in the Wall Street Journal, I, I actually highlighted one from Google CIO this week. It was just a few days ago, and he said, when a CIO narrows the technology choices, uh, they set a culture that is both patriarchal and rigid. And, and I think that speaks to my last point there uh, uh, and understanding the challenges. I think all of us are trying to attract top talent to our companies. And when we uh, limit the tools that they prefer to do their jobs, sometimes we make that very difficult for, for them to grow and succeed. So those were the four points I had about the big so what, Bonnie. Thank you very much. It is a big so what. I have one quick question before we bring on our third panelist. Shad, you mentioned in, in your quote, you said radically decentralized with expectations of instant access. Just a quick yes or no. Are we close to realizing those expectations or are they still just out there? expectations no again we see in in different types of businesses the ability to stand up technologies and and to start producing in in a business context some some very very exciting sorts of technologies that not only improve existing processes but maybe create like i'm saying whole new markets and it is it's you know not even 10 years ago bonnie it would have been months to procure and and set up systems and and find the talent that can be done in, in in literally a day and in some cases a few days 
Uh, and, and again, the expectations of today's workforce, these folks are already technology, you know, they're, they're very apt. They are very savvy with technology. So there is this expectation that if I'm brought to, to a task, that I have the tools to do that right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you very much, Chad. Pleasure mm-hmm. to meet you. And let's bring on our third panelist. He's a return guest on SAP Radio. I think he was on a different series earlier. It's Jay Ford. That's F-O-A-R-D if you're looking for him online. He's a global practice manager for innovation topics at SAP. And Jay has brought us a wonderful quote from Carl Sagan. Those of you who may not remember, Carl Sagan was an American astronomer, astrophysicist, cosmologist, author, science popularizer, and he's best known for the TV series Cosmos, a personal voyage here's the quote somewhere something incredible is waiting to be known what a great quote jay ford welcome back how are you today i'm great bonnie thank you very much thank you Um, talk to me yeah so so i uh carl sagan is one of those that i just really appreciate because of his approach to science so um you know as a a scientist he's very quantifiable very um determined to to be able to measure and, and understand very precisely and output, but his inputs are always very interesting because he likes to approach things conceptually. So, so you know, in, in this concept, this is a great example. You know, somewhere something incredible is waiting to be known. But what is that something, and where is it? And and mm-hmm. I, the the parallel I find to our topic is that this is really the, the question that the business has been asking um, a long time, saying, you know, we know that there's better ways to run our business. We know that there's better ways to create profitability. We just can't seem to always get our finger on it. Uh, we we have lots of data, but we don't know where the data is. Somewhere in there is a secret that we have to figure out how we're going to uncover. And once they can actually get to the bottom of that, then they can use that as an opportunity to 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 grow their business and to and to change their business. But first, they have to ask the question and and, and start the process of, of knowing where to look and how to look for it. Jay, that sounds exciting to me and optimistic. And I'm going to ask you the question. Who exactly is seeing this this incredible word? Over whose head is it floating? Who's saying, yes, we know there's something better. We know we can do more. We know who is getting this energy and seeking what we're talking about today, cloud and innovation. Where is it coming from in an organization? Well, I think it's certainly um, it's, it's coming. There, there's a lot, of, um, a lot of energy coming from the business. Uh, you know, business users, people out in the field that are trying to figure out how they can sell better, how they can reach their customers better, how they can be more customer-centric, um, how, how they can take, uh, you know, underlying information and actually translate that into something that's valuable for their business or their, their ability to do, to do things better in a more innovative way. Um, and so, I, I, you know, we, we see them out there. We see them asking the question. Um, and I think the innovation in cloud are really uh, part part of the overall answer to that question. And, and I know we're going to get in, into this more today. We are. Thank you very much, Jay. Guess what? I'm going to circle back to Laurent Lachal, who, by the way, is kindly calling in from London today, I believe. And we're going to find out, Laurent, what is in your cup? What are you drinking or what do you wish you were drinking right now or after the show? Talk to me, Laurent. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm drinking good old English breakfast tea with milk, no sugar. Wonderful. I have to ask, what kind of a cup is it in? Come on, give me a little more story here. Oh, a, a, a large cup. I, I like my, my cups large, so I, I bought one from uh, um, Starbucks, actually, <laughs> because I, I, I like the way they are. They, they, they are very stable. <laughs> that's, that's a, I haven't heard anybody say that. That's a very good point with hot tea. Thank you very much. Shad Adair, where are you calling from and what are you drinking? So I'm in New Mexico today, so it's a little bit earlier for me than Laurent. 
and what I'm drinking. So <laughs> my team, my family, they've all forbidden me from having caffeine, so I have to be very careful. <laughs> I do splurge on one type of caffeine, and it's, it's a, just a little bit. I'm a full-blown addict to these green, matcha green tea frappuccinos. Mm. Um, you can't find them everywhere. Some, it's kind of a cult drink. Uh, you, you can find them at Starbucks. You can get them at Pete's Coffee. So depending on where in the world I am, I'll swing by there. Uh, some days, if it's especially challenging, I might have a 2GTF day. GTF is my acronym for green tea frappuccinos. And uh-huh. anybody that knows me, that's, that's kind of my go-to drink. Okay. Thank you very much. And Jay Ford, where are you calling from and what are you drinking? Hi, Bonnie. So I, I'm in Florida this morning. Um, I've actually got an appointment today over at one of the universities, and um, so I'm there. I'm here now, uh, and so I'm drinking some very strong, uh, I guess we call academic coffee. Um, <laughs> that, 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 that made. I know that coffee, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never heard of academic coffee, Jay. Please enlighten me. What is it? Well, I, oh. I think that I can understand now how how, how these uh, you know these professors get up in front and talk for hours at a time because with the, the way that as strong as they make their coffee, I think it, you could last you all day. That's um, very very funny. I was going to say and, I was going to going to ask you tell me what it is and tell me what it isn't. So is it decent coffee? Is it good? It's it's okay. Um, it's not 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 <laughs> great, but I don't think it's supposed to be. Um, it's more it's more functional. Um, and. Uh, and of course, you're you're on your own when you need a coffee cup. So I had to go dig one out, and I found a Kiwanis cup coffee cup that I'm using. Um, that who knows how long it's been here, but certainly uh, <laughs> it's still a good cup of coffee anyway. I'll take it. I love it. Thank you. I have a, a, a note here from David Fowler at SAP Services, who sponsors this show. And thank you, Dave, for this great topic. And he's working with Michelle today. I'll, I'll get her last name right in just a second. Uh, Dave says, in his cup this morning is homemade mocha. Ooh, he's got a blend of caribou coffee and Swiss Miss hot chocolate. That sounds very creative, Dave. And by the way, uh, Shad, to your point, they don't let Bonnie, that's me, they don't let me have caffeine on radio show days. I wonder why. So it's just a plain cup of water in an SAP radio mug, the best kind. What can I tell you? So I think we've all earned a break. We're going to go out for just about 90 seconds and recollect our thoughts. And when we come back, we will start the roundtable 30 minutes nonstop. So panelists, I'm giving you fair warning. Put your seatbelt on. We're going to open up with Laurent Lachal talking about cloud and innovation. Our topic today is the future of business innovation in the cloud. A lot of great hashtags in there when you're tweeting. And by the way, please join us at hashtag SAP Radio. Dave is there, Michelle is there, I'm there, and we'd love to hear from you questions or comments from my panelists, who are Laurent Lachal at Ovum, Shad Adair at Hula Partners, and Jay Ford at SAP. I'm still Bonnie D. Graham. I'm planning to be after the break. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be right back. Brad out. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. The pace of innovation is moving faster than ever, and the future of business will be defined by how quickly business leaders adapt to accelerated ongoing change. 
Factors as diverse as business simplification, insights from growing volumes of data, the new global pool of talent, resource scarcity, business networks and supply chains, and the ever-present need for speed are shaping the definition of future success. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how business leaders can shape the future of change. The Future of Business with Game Changers is presented by SAP Services. Visit www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to The Future of Business with Game Changers. Yes, thanks for staying with us. The future of business innovation is the cl- in the cloud is our topic today. My panelists are Laurent Lachal at Ovum, Shad Adair at Hula Partners, and when Shad speaks next, we're going to find out how they got their name, and Jay Ford at Innovation at SAP. Laurent Lachal, let's kick off the roundtable with you. And people hear cloud, and they're wondering, well, which kind of cloud are you talking about? And there are so many types of clouds that help with so many types of innovation. And your comment to me, Bonnie, before the show was, Bonnie, various types of clouds help with various types of innovation. Enterprises need to mix and match the cloud types to deliver the types of innovation they want. So, Laurent, why don't you kick off this roundtable, and then, of course, we will invite Chad and Jay to join in on this topic, and then we'll go to another topic after that. Laurent, please start. Sure. Um, one of the things I like to, to, to say is that cloud computing is like fight club. The first rule of cloud computing is that you shouldn't mm. talk about cloud computing if what you mean is something else. And indeed, a lot of people, when they say cloud computing, they mean uh, infrastructure service or public cloud, and um, they forget that besides infrastructure service, platform as a service, and software as a service, as well as uh, public and private clouds, there are a variety of, of different other options, virtual private clouds, which are private cloud on top of public clouds, shared private cloud, community cloud, managed private cloud, etc. Um, so what is important, the same way as I was saying earlier, you need to balance uh, mm-hmm. control and uh, innovation. Um, you also need to balance these various uh, types of uh, cloud to see which one is the most conducive to the right balance of control and innovation that is relevant to either a project or your company as a whole. Okay, thank you. Shad Adair, comments on types of cloud, types of innovations. Where's the match? Yeah, I think Laurent makes a good point. It, it really boils down to all about the objectives one's trying to achieve and some of the risk and rewards that are relative to each of these different options. I think, and in, in, in as I was you know, kind of opening up, I talked about some of the challenges we faced. One of the big ones is how to, to protect data and how to protect intellectual property. Um, there's also the question of if, if I 
commingle my data into larger SaaS offerings with other companies, you know, is there at some point the data to the, the opportunity to start looking at data across a, a particular industry, across a spectrum? So, I think each of these choices, as Laurent points out, have have pros and cons, and it's an incumbent on on each on each entity to kind of take a look at what's the best choice for them. Okay, Jay Ford, thoughts? Yeah, absolutely, I agree with that. I, I think that there's not. It doesn't necessarily have to be one solution fits all. I think that um, different different approaches offer different um, pros and cons, and and you know the best solution may be a blended solution depending on different types of requirements. You know, one and of the ways price we points, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's another we, consideration. Each of these have their own price points. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And when, when we go, you know, when we go talk to the business, we don't necessarily have to start getting into these technical discussions about what if it's if it's platform as a service or software as a. Um, as a service, we, we really just say, what is it that you're trying to do? What, what, how can we open up Pandora's box for you to create new opportunities? And then we can take that back and figure out what type of solution or solutions really is going to fit with those different types of requirements from a cloud perspective. Okay, thank you. You know what? I'm going to go back to one other of Laurent's comments in his notes before we move on to something from Shad. Uh, let's do a little more level setting here. Laurent Lerchalidovim says, cloud computing helps with innovation, but on its own is not enough to deliver it. Innovation is about processes and culture. So, Laurent, why don't you give me a couple of comments on that, and then we'll ask Shad and Jay to yes, chime in. It, 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 kind of, it kind of links back to what I was saying in terms of exactly. control and control. Mm-hmm. Um, when a company uh, realizes that part of its um, workforce, be it at manager level or uh, employee level, is using um, various cloud services to do various new things. What it needs to have in place is processes to kind of to understand what is being done and not just what are the risks, but also what are the opportunities that these new way of doing things uh, bring to the table. Um, and therefore, and so because without without a culture and and processes that are there to understand what's going on and how to make the best of this, the fallback attitude is control. It's security. It's sweeping that away and forgetting um, the, the 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 opportunity that this kind of, of new um, uh, projects, uh, new services can uh, bring to a, to a company. Okay. And Chad, why don't you chime in on that one, please? Oh, I couldn't, I could not agree more. And actually it's one of the guiding principles of, of our firm. Uh, so it's all about process to me, at least. And, and any dollars that are invested in technology without improving a process, in my opinion, it, you have to think it, it's, it's potentially a waste of dollars. Uh, so some of the best cloud apps that, that I see, their focus is really all about solving problems down at this task level. And, and cloud-based apps that, that really do that, uh, you know, that do that, that solve problems at the, at the right place, the right time, the first time, I think those are the ones that are most likely to add value to a company. So, yeah, I, I completely agree with Lauren. Okay, thank you. Jay Ford, agree, disagree. Where are you? Yeah, exactly. And, and to expand on that, I, I think that the whole concept, you know, the, the whole backbone of the process is it leads to some sense of predictability. And this is really what uh, the business and IT teams are looking for. You know, they want to lower the, the barrier to entry so that they can actually get into the innovation curve and start doing innovation while also managing the risk and still being able to be risk adverse. And, that, and that's where taking the cloud concept and actually putting in these proper processes gives us a more predictable model to work from and to build from. 
Thank you very much. And Guess what? what we're process, go yeah, go yeah, ahead. And what the process Please. need, what need to, to do is to um, support the, the pulling together of the various sides. Because what's interesting is that in, in, in many cases, one side is pitted against another. It's, it's IT versus the business, or um, it's uh, public uh, cloud people versus private cloud people, um, and, and uh, the innovators versus the, the, the controllers. It's not about pitching anybody against anybody. It's about understanding the two sides and trying to find the right uh, middle way. Um, and, and that's why there needs to be some process um, that that doesn't um, that that stop once each side from trying to take over, basically. So, Laurent, uh, let me ask you. Who, I, I was just going to say, whose whose responsibility is it to start that process so that we get that balance and we get participants from various sides and it works? So who is just going to speak, please? Well, at, at oh, the top, CEO, CEO. That's why it starts. Okay. Who, I heard another comment, please. Oh, Bonnie, I, I was just going to chime in because certainly I, I, I think that's important. But at the same mm -hmm. time, we also don't want to get too over-processed burden mm -hmm. because that's, that's part of the thing that can sometimes be an inhibitor to innovation. So it really is finding that right balance between having predictability in, in our approach and, and processes to support that, but still having the flexibility to, to create innovation and, and to drive new thinking. I'll tag on to that, Jay. You're, you're right on. There's an article actually in this morning's Wall Street Journal that talks about some of the blue chips and, and that point exactly about getting too, too, too wed to a particular process. And I think they even mentioned systems, the folks that are, that are looking at this article. That has been an inhibitor to some of the blue chips being able to shift uh, with the changing times. Okay, guess what? I think we're going to move on to some talking points from Shad Adair. Shad, first, I have to ask you, Hula Partners, let's tell me just a little bit about... What you do and, and how you dance. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, we are we are a, a services firm that focuses on solutions around human capital management. We uh, we specialize in SAP and success factors, mm -hmm. and uh, we have a lot of clients out there in the oil and gas industry, but but other industries as well. Uh, we just. We've been experiencing particular growth in the oil and gas industry here in the last few years. Uh, I wish I had a great story about the origin of the name of the company, like okay. uh, me and the, and the other folks were you know, in a hula hoop competition or something, but that, that's mm -hmm. not the case. Uh, we, we actually just have an affinity for, for Hawaii, and uh, so one of, our, one of our founders threw the idea out there, and, and we thought about it for a second, and, and we said, well, what, is it, what does hula actually mean <laughs> before we yeah. agree to that? Right, so we, we looked up the meaning, and of course, it's a Hawaiian word that, and the purpose of a hula, uh, if you will, is to inform, educate, and entertain. And we thought, wow, that really fits our our personality as a company. So let's let's go with that, and that's how the the name came to be. Thank you very much. A little sidebar there. I appreciate that. <laughs> Shad, I'm looking at the, t the notes you sent me before the show, and there's so many interesting places we could go. Uh, I'm going to give you, uh, let's see, why don't we bring in something I think somebody mentioned before. We're now seeing the potential for wearable technology, sensors, drones. I believe you mentioned drones in your mm -hmm. opening comments, or assisted vehicles, and a 3D printer print in the market. Of course we are. And you say expect increased innovation and adoption. So let's stick with our theme of innovation. Uh, who is going to expect this? Are we seeing it now? How far away is it? And is there an excitement about all of this? You hear wearables, you hear sensors, and you say, wow. As a matter of fact, I was watching a not-so-great new uh, procedural show starring um, 
Deborah Messing. It's called The Mysteries of Laura. It's uh-huh. a, she, she's a she's a gun-toting cop who's also a mom of two impossible little boys and the ex-wife of her boss at the police station. Don't even go there. And she <laughs> she wants to find out if a certain person who was a suspect in a murder was available to have gone to that place and done the murder at that time. So she says, give me your Fitbit. She's talking to a top fashion model backstage at Fashion Week. She says, can I see your Fitbit? Oh, I'd love to. She takes a Fitbit. She looks at it. She looks at the analytics and she says, nope, she was sleeping at three in the morning. She couldn't have committed the murder. Gives the fit. I, I was just amazed that they worked that into the dialogue. Anyway, talk to me about this, this excitement of innovation and adoption. Where is it go? Where are we now? So, it, so it's really, really interesting. And, and Jay, Jay made a point earlier, and I wish I could quote it specifically, but it, it was in this context of we have all this data and making sense of it, and you know, we don't know what we don't know yet. And the one super, super exciting thing, and there's two sides to it, right? So some folks aren't sold on it. They're, you know, hey, I don't know if I see the benefit. I, there's privacy issues. So we're still kind of working our way through it. But one thing is for sure, it, it is here, and it's not going anywhere very soon. Um, my personal take on it, the greatest sensor that's a available to us is the cell phone, right? These, the mobile technology. Every one of us carry a sensor on us. I mean, it's one of the most prolific devices I think mankind <laughs> has ever known. Here's something very interesting, though. I was in a patent workshop just the other day, and a statistic was thrown out there, which kind of floored me. Last year alone, there were over 609,000 patents filed in the U.S. alone. That's an increase of 100% from, from 2000. And, and a lot of these patents are coming from, you know, technology companies, of course. Samsung filed some 4,600 alone, IBM 6,500. So, you know, it's, it's, in, it's in this domain where we're trying to connect devices together so that we can capture more information or data to make sense out of things that are going on in our environment, to study things in new and interesting ways. Think about... Um, Sensors of work teams, not necessarily capturing what people are saying, but the interactions that they're having with, with company, community, customers, and those sorts of things, and, and being able to triangulate that with performance. So there's just all kinds of super interesting work going on. Uh, it's, it's resulting in life-changing technology. So if you think about sensors in hazardous uh, work environments, uh, temperature control sorts of situations, um, safety issues, uh, think about um, you know, in, in, in any type of heavy machine environment. Uh, another interesting thing is our ability to capture knowledge. So uh, there's right now in the workforce, we're hearing about this barbell effect or dumbbell effect. And, and basically, that's the generational divide between leadership and folks entering the workforce. And how do we transfer that knowledge? Well, we have so many ways of capturing and transferring, whether it be video or other sorts of things. So there's just, I mean, the, the, it's endless, the possibilities. Another big area, Bonnie, is in biotech and biopharma. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just saw the other day this really wonderful article where they're able to, with 3D printers, um, print out prosthetics. So think about a small, a small child who may, who may lose a limb. Uh, it's very costly for families to be able to you know, provide a prosthetic as that child grows up. With 3D printers, they can knock that price down to you know, maybe 1000 or a couple hundred dollars. Mm. So it, there's all kinds of really, really interesting things going on. And... And uh, there's just there's so much innovation going on. We we don't often hear about it, but when you think about 600,000 patents being filed, that's that's pretty incredible. And it's exciting. It shows that there's energy, and it shows that there's an innovative spirit. Wouldn't you agree with that, Chad? That people are saying this is doable. I can bring this idea to market. I can change the world. Do you see that kind of energy? Well, that's exactly right. I mean, most folks, uh, so I I do have an opportunity to talk to a lot of um, entrepreneurs and and small businesses, and and that's exactly kind of the – 
the thought, the philosophy of many of the founders, they, they really are, you know, there's really this altruistic, philanthropic, you know, trying to change the world mentality. And, and uh, I've got a couple of, couple of kids that are just now entering the workforce, and they are, they are way beyond where I was, I was at their age in terms of capability and vision uh, for that sort of thing. So it, it is, it's truly exciting. And there are, you know, there, there's parts of it that we don't understand. There's, there's problems and challenges that we've got to figure out. But, but I think as a whole, uh, we're seeing you know, lots of businesses uh, being incubated, lots of hope and potential. Not all of them are going to succeed, but if only a couple of them do and it increases the quality of life for lots of people, then it was a good thing and it was worth it. That's a great point. It is a numbers game. Thank you. Jay Ford, I know from your role in innovations at SAP, I know you have a lot to say. So join us, please. Yes, thank you. And, and, and I, you know, I, I completely agree with the point. I think we are seeing a bit of a renaissance now, um, but... Uh, on the other side, we also have a situation, that, you know, because a lot of people in the business, I always say they have they have a high pain threshold. Uh, they've gotten used to the kind of the pain that they're in, as far as their ability to be in a, to to innovate or to um, or to to bring to market new ideas, and, they, and they've gotten so used to it that they almost uh, don't even think about it as much anymore. And so, you know, when you're able to go out and just and tell business users or tell people in, inside of these organizations, if you take away all of your barriers, if you take away the boxes that we've painted ourselves in and as far as what we think is possible or not possible from a technology perspective, what could you do different? And when you ask that question, all of a sudden, to, to, to the point, you know, the lights start going off. So we, we really have to get people to understand that there is a shift in, in, in the way that we're approaching technology. Uh, we're lowering the barrier to innovation, and that we can, it, it is possible now to bring these ideas um, out and actually make them and be able to execute on them as well. Thank you. Laurent Lachal, I know you have a lot to say on this, so join us with comments on what Chad introduced and what Jay just added, yeah, please. Sure. Um, three things. First, um, yes, cloud is an enabler, an enabler of new application, mobile, social, big data application, an enabler of businesses. Uh, all most startups now start as on public clouds because that's the the, the, the logical um, place to start. And uh, it's and and the strength of of cloud computing is not just as an enabler, but also as also as a cross pollinator. So you, you you pick up some mobile capability, analytics capability, and and, and uh, social capability, and you create new uh, uh, new applications, and you you pick up some new project, and you create a new business. So that's the first thing, absolutely. And in terms of wearables, that's indeed an area where cloud as an enabler and as a uh, cross-pollinator is really uh, coming to the fore. The second thing um, I wanted to say is in terms of innovation at the moment, specifically when it comes to uh, Internet of Things, uh, there's this uh, notion of of fog computing uh, emerging which is kind of related to innovation, um, but an, an old kind of debate around how to best design a network. Is it centralized in a cloud computing way, or should it be more decentralized? And in, in the case of uh, Internet of Things, uh, should the devices be able to talk to one another uh, directly rather than through uh, uh, the, the, a central platform, which is usually a, a cloud platform. 
So that's and there's a lot of talk around this, around the, and it's 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 a, it's an old debate, but it's it's got a new uh, a new lease of life uh, because of that notion of that notion of fog computing and how uh, devices uh, should best interact with one another directly or through a central cloud. The third thing I wanted to say around innovation, uh, because uh, patents were mentioned, is that patents can be a good thing, but they also can be a bad thing. And there are a, a company called Patent Trolls, um, which are not so much encouraging innovation as blackmailing other company into paying them a lot of money. And uh, cloud computing is indeed an area where patent trolls are going to be very active in the next few years. Actually, yeah, this uh, just last month, Rackspace crushed one of them uh, and annulled one of the patents. The patents didn't, didn't relate to cloud, but it was a, a, one of the big cloud service providers which, which um, uh, got the, the upper hand. For that. So that, that was a good news. But uh, that indeed, in terms of innovation, this issue of patents and patentability of things and the quality of patents is really important and will become more so in the context of cloud computing. Wow, you introduced a lot of interesting topics. I'm intrigued by the idea of patent trolls, but I don't know if we want to go there. Uh, Shad, I'm sure you have something to say on all the points that uh, Laurent just introduced. Do you want to talk to those? <laughs> well, I think uh, to the point of patents, I, I think he's right. And, and for entrepreneurs, the advice is make sure you understand in, in, in your country what the patent laws are, and uh, and you know, so and that's that's something that doesn't come natural. You don't you don't necessarily get taught that, right? You have to kind of go out and seek that knowledge for yourself, which is the case, I think, in a lot of aspects of business. So, uh, yeah, and I think that uh, there was another point about sensors talking to each other. A absolutely, uh, I think that you know we see some of that in and the, the work that's being done in. Uh, what's, I don't know the right word is, but the pilotless cars, if you will. Google's working on one. Tesla's working on one. Uh, one or two of the big three uh, and some of the other large automakers are, are working on these. And I think that's a great case point of where sensors don't necessarily need to talk to a cloud, but they can talk to each other so that there's benefits. And I think there's probably a variety of applications uh, for that in enterprise. It just, you know, again, depending on the industry, I think aerospace and defense are, are, are areas that tend to lead in that, in that space. Um, but that, it applies to others as well. Transportation is certainly a, a big area for that. Thank you. Jay, any thoughts on what we just introduced here before I go to one of your talking points? Go ahead, Jay. Sure. So, you know, I think the, the net of this is companies are learning to become more, are becoming more able to be customer-centric. Um, and and that's, that's really where the innovation is taking them. They're, they're finding better and more interesting ways to interface with their customers, which, of course, you know, increases their, their, um, their, their business growth. Um, and, and this is what's really exciting to them. And this is where we're hearing a lot of the buzz is, the, is that kind of bridge between uh, the company and, and, and their, their, their customers. Thank you. I'm going to look at Jay Ford's talking points because it's his turn to lead a conversation thread, as I like to say here on Game Changers Radio. Jay, I'm looking at your first point here. I think it's a good good place to start. You say companies have to switch from reactive to proactive in how they are, are addressing and supporting technology to stay ahead of the innovation curve. So a couple points I'd like you to bring out is, of course, reactive to proactive, that switch, but also the idea of staying ahead of the innovation curve. What is that curve? Who defines that curve? And how do you stay ahead of it if you're part of it? Hmm? Uh, interesting. So, so if we kind of look at where, where we've gotten ourselves from an IT perspective, I mean, a lot of times the IT organization ends up um, mostly in a reactive 
situation where they're trying to support technology uh, the best way that they can, which includes a lot of um, commodity work around, uh, you know, patching and upgrading and um, uh, data cleansing and all these, these types of things that really uh, drag, drag down uh, the, the use of their resources to the point where they're not able to out and go do new and interesting things as well as, as, as maybe they could. Um, and what cloud does is it, it, it kind of hands that responsibility of managing these applications and, and supporting them off to, um, you know, the company that's probably uh, a, a company that's better suited for that so that their resources can actually be used to do things that are in a more proactive fashion and actually more value-add to their, to their organization. Um, and, and the way this helps the innovation curve uh, is that it, because they are able to be pro more proactive, they're able to do things that lead down the path of innovation. Um, and also because now what we've, what we've done is we have handed off some of that risk. Um, and so that, that lowers the, uh, it lowers the, the risk a little bit. And when, and that makes companies more willing to innovate, more willing to actually kind of take, take on more, try new things, try different things, um, and see what really works for them without creating a lot of risk for their business. Jay, how does that work in established companies? I can see startups go digging in and saying, okay, we're going to be part of that innovation curve. We're going to sit down and brainstorm and let's get the energy going and let's get the high-test coffee going, the academic coffee, if you will, because we're on a – the term used to be a charrette. I don't know if anybody remembers that. It was a, a term from architecture. But uh, uh, my, my uh, husband many years ago, my, my late ex-husband, was at Yale Architecture School, and he said, uh, we're going on a charrette, meaning we're going to work all night on this building and we're just going to put the plans together, and that's the way it is. It was a, it was a tear into uh, just keeping something going. So, Jay, w where does this energy come from? Right. Well, I think the, I think the companies, again, coming back to this whole concept of, of going through this innovation renaissance, I think the companies are realizing they have to innovate, they have to remain competitive, and the only way to do that is to leverage uh, technology in a way that creates value for their business. Um, and so, you know, what we're seeing is that with the shift to, to cloud, um, they are feeling like there's less risk in being innovative, and they're actually going out and they're actually starting to try to do new and, and innovative things. And um, and so it really has to be grassroots. Um, but but I think that that, that is happening, and and, uh, and I think it's going to continue to happen. It's going to continue to get more and more exciting. I love the excitement, Laurent Lachalet Ovum. I know you want to say something about what Jay just added. Talk to me. Um, well. Just in terms of who's doing the innovation, et cetera, I think everybody is to a certain extent. And what is important is to, um, back to the process and the culture, is to understand what's going on and um, who are going to benefit from this innovation, who is not going to benefit, and how to make sure both sides can, can move forward. A good example at the moment is that uh, in the context of private cloud, um, as well as public cloud, there's a lot of talk about software-defined everything. Mm -hmm. Software-defined storage, software-defined networking. Now, the virtualization people are absolutely in favor of that, um, of, of all this innovation around software-defined networking and software-defined storage because they see that as a way to take control of the storage and the network capabilities uh, and therefore to increase their, um, their power. 
And obviously, the traditional storage people and the networking people do not see that in the same light and are look, looking at this innovation with um, mixed feelings. Um, on one hand, they understand that uh, this is the way to go. On the other, they definitely do not want to let go of the control they have and the power they have and the say they have in um, IT, in, in the way IT is run and defined. So um, all this innovation is um, uh, disrupt not just uh, 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 new systems, but also new uh, relationships and, and, and power. And this needs to be understood in order to manage that disruption and make sure that um, everybody has, a, has a, um, a, an advantage uh, in it that is a win-win for everybody and not just for one side. Back to one of the things we were saying before. Thank you. I love the way you tied it into uh, culture and process. Okay, Shad Adair, let's get some closing comments on this thread from you, and then we'll see if we have enough time to take a break. So, Shad, thoughts on a lot of good stuff on the table. Right. So I, I think that the innovation, the big ideas, and, and standing the systems up early on, that, that can be the real easy part. I, th- I think one part that we haven't covered, though, is that once you move beyond innovation, so, hey, face it, when the – you know, when it, when it kind of comes to, you know, what big idea makes it and what big idea doesn't, typically that comes down to the ability of, of a company or individuals to execute, right? And so I think what we, we aren't seeing maybe just yet, but there's, there's certainly um, talk of it, is how do we start stitching those applications that have, that have been stood up very early in a company's growth process and maybe have been adopted by a work team or a division, and that particular app, that particular uh, bit of information becomes now important or essential to the ability to execute for the entire organization. Um, I, I think there's going to be a lot of work coming up, Bonnie, to stitch these systems that may be stood up very quickly together. And I think that that can be oftentimes underestimated, the difficulties in doing that. Um, I, I do like what I'm seeing in some companies, though, that in some of these innovation companies, these software, these cloud innovation companies, that they're building ecosystems uh, so that integration becomes a bit easier. Um, I don't want to name drop too much, but some of the folks that are sponsoring this particular call uh, are doing a pretty good job of that. We're seeing that, that mm-hmm. alliance happen in other places as well. So I think the, the stitching together becomes a big point uh, here in the very near future um, because it's not going to be just R&D that, has to, you know, that can benefit from all that, that, that information that's being trapped. It needs to be passed on through a sales organization, through an operations organization, through a customer support area. So at some point, the stitching is going to happen. I like that. I'm seeing a quilt in my mind, Chad. I'm seeing a, a quilt of innovation being stitched together. And you know what's interesting about a quilt is anything goes. It doesn't have to have a defined pattern. It can just bring lots of elements. And it's beautiful because it's a quilt and because it's – do you agree with that? Can you good, can you envision that innovation good. quilt? I didn't mean it to go there, but it, it works well. <laughs> Thank you. I've often said my life is a quilt and nothing matches. What can I say? Perfect time for us to take a break. We're going to go out for just about a minute and a half, but I have – a homework assignment from my panelists, Laurent Lachal at Ovum, Shadda Darrett Hula Partners, Jay Ford at SAP. You know what I'm going to ask you? Go out quickly. 90 seconds is all you've got. Find the crystal ball, polish it off, and when we come back, we'll start with Laurent at Ovum, and I'll ask you, what can you see for the year 2020, or how far ahead do you see blue skies, if you do, on our topic today, which is the future of business innovation in the cloud? What will be different in the next couple of years? You tell me how far you can see, and that will be our predictions round. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be right back. Brad out.
We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. The pace of innovation is moving faster than ever, and the future of business will be defined by how quickly business leaders adapt to accelerated ongoing change. Factors as diverse as business simplification, insights from growing volumes of data, the new global pool of talent, resource scarcity, business networks and supply chains, and the ever-present need for speed are shaping the definition of future success. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how business leaders can shape the future of change. The Future of Business with Game Changers is presented by SAP Services. Visit www.sap.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to the future of business with Game Changers. And we're talking about the future of business innovation in the cloud. Very lively panel. We've had so many great ideas put forth on this show. I'm, I'm just delighted. Good energy, good thoughts, and that's why we have our three thought leaders today, Laurent Lachal at Ovum, Shad Adair at Hula Partners, and Jay Ford at SAP. But you know what's next? It's the crystal ball predictions round. So let's kick it off. Two minutes apiece. Use your full two minutes. If you don't have a lot of predictions, wrap up the topic. Laurent Lachal at Ovum, two minutes. Can you see ahead to 2020 or how far? Go. Well, I don't have a specific time, but what is clear, talking about cloud computing and innovation, is that more and more in the cloud context, the winners are people who, are, who, are, who understand how to take advantage of not just their own innovation, but also other people's innovation. So um, enterprises need to leverage all the various services that is made available to them by vendors, and as far as the vendors are concerned, because they have access to data about how uh, enterprises make the best of their services, they, will, they need to, un- to understand how innovative their customers are and how they can support this innovation. So uh, from both the demand side, the enterprise side, as well as the vendor side, the cloud service provider side, it's all about learning from other people's innovation, uh, not just your own. Okay. Thank you very much. Shadadair, you're up. Well, I mentioned earlier my kids are now entering the workforce. Uh, One of them Mm -hmm. is actually well into the workforce, and they are absolutely brilliant, Bonnie. So I'm pretty excited to see what they do. Uh, I've got high hopes for that generation, but but I'm not finished yet either. I've got a lot of work to do, and here's here's what I do know. Whenever we go through these periods of change, uh, we, we always invent this new language, it seems, to describe the new methods and systems. And so I'm quite sure in five to ten years, whatever I say might happen, there will be different words for it, okay? <laughs> That's a given. Um, I'm looking at a, a, a study by IDC and EMC that was done just uh, not too awful long ago, and it talks about data explosion. And, and I think this is kind of – it really drives home the point. 
It says the size of the digital universe in 2013 was roughly 4.4 trillion gigabytes. In, in 2020, it'll be 44. So that's a pretty explosive growth rate. Um, it says the percentage of data that's useful will increase, that the data generated by sensors will increase, and that data coming from the emerging markets will increase. So mm -hmm. uh, I think that all goes to the points we were making earlier about the, these digital sensors talking to each other, collecting and, and reporting out and informing information. I think that's where that's going to come from. We're going to continue to see that. Um, we're going to see those advances in biopharma, biomedical that I talked about. But I still have high hopes. I was stuck in Houston the other day in traffic, and at that point, I really wanted one of those Jetsons cars that fly. Uh, I don't know that we're going to get that by 2020, but but at least if we can get these driverless vehicles that make the roads safer, I'll I'll be I'll be sold. I would invest in one of those. Uh, I think we'll also see um, because of some of the work we do at Hula. I think we're going to see a lot of advance in energy. Uh, I just I'm very bullish on that, and and I also think we're going to find ways to. You know, just to better equip uh, the, the the workforce. Uh, that's that's work that we're doing at Hula. We're we're fully invested in that. We think there's a lot of opportunity every time we get technology innovation like this to apply it to the nature of work to make life again uh, companies more effective, but the quality of life for the workers that much better. Shad, we have a little extra time because Laurent didn't use all of his time. So I'm going to bring in, before we go to JJ, don't worry, I'll get to you. Uh, I want to bring in one more of the talking points we I don't think we covered during the roundtable, Shad. And I'd like you to just spend, oh, about a minute on this, please. Yeah, we have five minutes left till close. You said, despite the buzz of social collaboration, email remains king when it I comes to this. corporate communications. You hate it or you want to talk about it or you're gonna, no, no. you are going to want me to delete it from the transcript? Go ahead. No, I I, I absolutely hate that email remains king. Uh, it's, ah. it's, it's such a time suck, if I'm allowed to say that on this You broadcast. can. You just did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, what we're, so what we're seeing in, in that regard, with a lot of these cloud-based applications, there comes collaboration within them. What, what we see at best is that those collaboration um, utilities will oftentimes feed over into email so that you at least have um, a, a way to try to aggregate them, but but it's one of these areas that I think is very very ripe for someone to do something very very special, um, because there's so many different channels in which we can collaborate, but none of it seems to really come together, and it's really dependent on each person, just to kind of a you know adapt in their particular work style, where and when to go for for the different you know um, places places to collaborate. Uh, we see that in. in products that we use internally for R&D and for customer support and for sales. Um, then on our, you know, in our, in our marketing strategies via whether Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever, each of these have their own way of communicating with, uh, with your, you know, with your, you know, obviously, obviously with others in that, in that ecosystem, but, you know, just kind of, you know, putting tasks and reminders. And, and I just think that's an area where we can do a lot of improvement. Don't have the okay. answers, but I'm, I'm challenging somebody out there to take it on. Not supposed to have the answers, just supposed to ask the right questions. That's where the smarts <laughs> come in. We know that, and, and it's funny you remember the Jetsons on TV. Well, you probably were told about it. I actually watched it. So there, <laughs> Jay Ford, it's your time for two minutes of fame and glory on the predictions round. Go ahead, Jay. Uh, thank you, Bonnie. So I, I guess one of the things that we certainly are, are seeing change dr dramatically, I mean, the, the technology has evolved so much. Um, and previously, a lot of companies used technology really as a way to have sustainability and predictability. You know, they, their financial reporting or their their supply chain reporting, 
uh, to run their business. And they didn't, they didn't necessarily see it as, an, as a platform for innovation because of some of the constraints in the past and, and the way the technology worked. Most, a lot of those constraints we've gotten past now, and so I think going into the future, we're going to see a much more of a blend where companies still use base technology to, to, to run their business, to, to, to make sure that they, are, they do have sustainability and how they're doing their reporting, but also as an innovative platform that they can use to come up with new ideas and actually take those ideas and execute on them. Um, so the change in the technology has happened so fast and so rapidly that as we start getting that implemented with companies, um, it, it, even if it's in the cloud, um, they're going to really get to have the benefit of that over the next years to come. Okay, thank you very much, Jay Ford. Guess what? We're just about at the end of the show. I have a couple of shout-outs. First of all, my extraordinary panel. You're all smart. You're right there. Love the conversation. A lot of great topics we put out today. Laurent Lachelle at Ovum, thank you so much for calling in from London. Go drink something wonderful in addition to your English breakfast tea. Shadow Dare at Hula Partners, thank you so much for joining us. You're so articulate. Nice to meet you. Jay Ford at SAP, delighted to have you back. I hope you'll come back again. Shout-outs to David Fowler at SAP Services, Michelle Jones. I'll go with a simple name. It's Deshane Jones, but Michelle Jones. We'll just do that one. SAP Services, Malcolm Kimberlin at SAP, Brad and the Business Channel team here at Voice America World Talk Radio. Let's see what's coming up. Well, this is the end of our broadcast week for us for Game Changers Radio. We currently have six series live on the Business Channel. So Monday, I'll be back with a new edition of HR Trends with Game Changers. Next Wednesday morning, another edition of my flagship show, Coffee Break with Game Changers. Wednesday afternoon, we'll have a another live edition of the Internet of Things with Game Changers. And Thursday morning, we'll have Innovating Innovation with Game Changers. And then the following week, we'll come back with another Customer Edge show and another Future of Business. I hope that doesn't confuse you. At least I have it straight. Here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be an innovative game changer today. Bonnie D. Graham signing off for another edition of the Future of Business with Game Changers presented by SAP Services. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to The Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. And please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.